0: Welcome to a new episode of the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. And I'm seafood market reporter Lauren Castiglione. This week's episode
1: is brought to you by the Seafood Innovation Expo, taking place at the Mazatlan International Center in Mexico
0: from September 6th through the 7th. Visit ExpoInnovationAYP.com or email expo at sbs-seafood.com for more information. As always, we've got a great episode lined up. This week we'll be discussing surimi and Pollock. The Gulf of Mexico Dead Zone, a new interactive map to aid in the protection of North Atlantic right whales, surf donations, and flexitarian diets. So Lauren, why don't you kick things off with some news on cerimian pollock? Okay,
1: so we are seeing a lot of movement on single frozen PBO pollock blocks into the bee season, which started this month. That is because Alaskans are producing a lot more surimi, or artificial crab as most of you know, which is made from pollock and this is taking away production from the block market. The reason we're seeing the spike in Alaskan surimi is because production for the tropical surimi market from Southeast Asia has been really poor due to a few factors. The first being terrible weather. There were about 15 major storms in that region inhibiting fishing efforts, where we usually see about five to seven during the season. So,
0: wait, there's normally only five to seven storms, and this year there was 15? 15. 15 major storms. Wow. Yeah. N- doesn't leave much time for our fishing. No, that's, that's over like
1: double. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, The second were that prices were very low, and when prices are low, surimi production drops because focus changes to more valuable species at the time. And finally, fuel prices. The price of fuel is rapidly increasing, which impacts production. I feel that I filled up my gas tank the other day, and yeah, no longer 30 bucks. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So all of these factors attribute to the Alaskan market taking on surimi production, which takes away from process blocks, pushing pushing prices higher. Also, with the prices of cod and haddock increasing, there is a natural shift in demand towards pollock, the lesser expensive whitefish of the three, which puts added pressure on the market in general. And finally, some speculation to keep an eye on, we are hearing minced production could go down significantly because the raw material used for minced is the same for serimi, and since minced is less expensive, there's less profit to make. So if production decreases, prices could increase, so we will be keeping a close eye on that market going forward.
0: Thanks, Lauren. In other news, NOAA scientists are forecasting the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico to reach approximately 5,780 square miles a summer. In comparison, Connecticut is 5,543. What? Yes, the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico will be the size, or rather bigger, than the state of Connecticut. Okay, that's crazy to me. I went to school in Connecticut
1: and spent many hours on 95, 84, driving a long, long time. And Connecticut is massive to me. Yeah, I mean, any, like, it's,
0: Connecticut is one of the smaller states? Smaller-ish, but... I mean, any state, any size of area that's a dead zone, that's yeah. like the size of a state is just, yeah, it's wild. Pretty significant. Um, so, like, it's, it's scary. I mean, there is actually good news, believe it or not. Um, it's actually smaller than the Gulf dead zone last year. So, in 2017, the dead zone in, the, in that area was 8,776 square wow. miles. Yeah, and, and that was the largest dead zone measured since mapping began in 1985.
1: Now, can you explain dead zones a little bit more for those listening who
0: aren't exactly sure what we're talking about? I mean, it sounds very ominous. Yeah, so dead zones are um, hypoxic zones, as they're also known as are areas that have low to no oxygen levels and, as a result, can kill fish and other marine life. So these dead zones are caused by excess nutrient pollution, and that stems from human activities such as urbanization and agriculture. And this excess nutrient pollution stimulates an overgrowth of algae, which then sinks and decomposes in the water. And, I mean, this puts important habitats and, you know, valuable fisheries at risk. And the impact is not only felt by marine life. I mean, the high nutrient pollution can result in high nitrates in in groundwater, uh, high drinking and wastewater treatment costs and and wasted fertilizer, um, fertilized applications. Yeah, the
1: size of the 2018 Gulf Dead Zone will be confirmed by a NOAA-supported monitoring survey in early August. So we'll keep you guys updated on that. Moving along, an oceanography PhD student at Dalhousie University created an awesome interactive map that allows users to view recent right whale detections. And this interactive map is called the Whale Map. Love the name. Straight to the point. No messing around. (laughs) Exactly. So this interactive mapping tool is now available on the Fisheries and Oceans Canada website and is part of the continued effort to protect the endangered North Atlantic right whale. The map works in real time with information that is provided by partners who contribute airborne, vessel, and acoustic glider
0: detections of right whales. So necessary. I mean, in 2017 alone, we saw 17 North Atlantic right whale deaths um, and now there's only about 450 left in the world. Yeah, it's a great project that was supported by funding from the Oceans Protection
1: Plan, which works to address threats to marine mammals in Canadian waters. You can check it out at
0: whalemap.ocean.dal.ca. It really is a cool map. Now on to another cool thing, Amazon Smile. Um, now Amazon Smile has been around since two thousand and thirteen, but I only just found about it, found out about it now. Um, obviously, I'm not keeping up with everything. but Lauren, have you actually heard about it before? I actually have,
1: and I don't know which uh, charity I'm signed up for. I think I just use a default one, but, um, with this upcoming news, I now know what I should switch that to.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, for those who are unfamiliar with it, and thanks, Lauren, for never filling me in on this, <laughs> um, <laughs> Amazon Smile is a site that's operated by e-com- e-commerce giant Amazon's, uh, Amazon. Like, surprise, surprise. Amazon, Amazon Smile. Um, but Amazon Smile features the same products and prices, but... At the same time, donate 0.5% of your purchase to a charitable organization of your choice. And yeah, normally when I get to choose a charity of my choice, I donate to animals. I think about all those homeless animals out there and mm-hmm. Sarah McLaughlin comes right. out of my brain and I'm just like, give the puppies and kittens <laughs> all my money. But um, the seafood industry research fund, SURF, they just registered with Amazon Smile and it, they are, I mean, fantastic. So now whenever I shop on Amazon, I'll get to donate to them. Yeah, and donating is
1: very simple. Instead of visiting Amazon.com, an account owner just has to log in through smile.amazon.com. Once logged into the site, search for Seafood Industry Research Fund. The site operates exactly as Amazon.com, but product details will display text that reads, eligible for Amazon Smile donation. The process donates 0.5% on all eligible purchases at no additional cost, and SURF will use those donations toward funding innovative, industry-improving products.
0: Yeah. And make sure you search for, you know, seafood industry research fund. Uh, I actually tried searching for surf the first time around and I got this like, you know, this undercover detective agency (laughs) and it was, it was very strange. So you actually have to search for the whole, um, the whole name. Um, but I love it. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm always on Amazon. I, I mean, who isn't? Yeah. So it's a, it's a great, I mean, and all you have to do is just Type in an extra word into yeah, your browser. browser, My user, your browser. Uh, maybe Sean, you can edit that out. <laughs> now for our final story of the day. Last week, I had the chance to add my star power to Ernerberry's Market Digest podcast, and it's hosted by Joe Gavea. Um, he is our egg market reporter here, and we talked about a flexitarian diet, which, according to food, tale, food which according to food retailer Kroger, is a 2018 summer trend. Lauren, are you familiar with flexitarian diets? I am not, by but just
1: by looking at the name, I assume I live this lifestyle. Some days I eat vegetarian, some days I eat vegan, some days I eat Taco Bell and Snicker bars. So <laughs> I assume flexible,
0: you know. That sounds like the true definition <laughs> of a flexitarian diet. Yeah, I, I, uh, I honestly think this name is very silly. Um, but, I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's it's somebody who, you know, it's a diet aimed to help people lead a healthier lifestyle by mixing vegetarianism with the occasional addition of meat. I mean, and this sounds like nobody – I mean, maybe people are. Um, I, I don't mind around so. them. think so. But, yeah, I'm like nobody's eating meat, like, six days a week and then throwing in a vegetarian meal on day seven. Right. You know, so I feel like mostly everybody is flexitarian. Um, but I guess it's for people that, you know – as a former vegetarian, I was a vegetarian for 10 years before I started, um, becoming before I became a pescatarian, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, people get upset if, like, I mean, I've never done this because I always, like, didn't, like, meat to begin with, but you can't be a vegetarian and then go order a hamburger. Right, yeah. You know, so I guess now these people are saying, well, I'm a flexitarian, you know, but if I was a waiter, I would just roll my eyes personally. I be mean, like, so you people eat everything. People who just everything. need the label. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so you eat everything, you're fine, yeah. you know? But, I mean... You know, according to Kroger's Trend experts, you know, flexitarian practices are on the rise and, um, you know, it's people who want to follow a mostly vegetarian lifestyle, but, you know, occasionally enjoy dairy, meat, fish, and poultry, you know, and, and I get it with summer upon us, you know, you're going to a, a barbecue, you're, you're not going to want to just, you know, have you the salad, have
1: the, 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 burgers on the grill. No,
0: it's silly. And then and same thing with vacations. You, you're going out, you're not going to, I mean, I know there's much more than just having a salad, um, you know, but if you're going out and you're going to a fancy steakhouse on on vacation, like I get it. You yeah. know, there there's those are cheat days. Um, so it's a it's a cool diet to follow. And um, I just want to say that uh, you know if if you're choosing to eat seafood on your cheat days with this flexitarian diet, um, I mean, which is basically just a pescatarian diet, <laughs> uh, you should definitely visit DishOnFish.com. And uh, it's um, run by uh, NFI, the National Fisheries Institute, and you can check out some really fantastic recipes and they have videos on there as well if you're more of a visual person. Um, But it's obviously very important to have seafood in your diet. I mean, for starters, seafood is is high in protein, you know, and, and if you're a vegetarian, some vegetarians develop a protein deficiency. So the body needs protein to not only, you know, produce important molecules in your body, but also reduce body fat. You know, and then there's, of course, there's the vitamins and minerals that are found in seafood, you know, salmon, king crab, shrimp, clam scalps. They all provide vitamin B12, which gives you brain power and promotes red blood cell production. And of course, you can't forget about the omega-3 fatty acids that are found in seafood. Um, omega-3s can be found in herring, salmon, mackerel, and bluefin tuna, and they aid with brain and eye development. So definitely, you know, choose. Good for the, everybody. Yeah. Throw some fish on the grill this mm-hmm. summer and then listen to our previous podcast, to find out more on how to grill your seafood
1: exactly so and that wraps up our show for the week once again this week's episode was brought to you by the seafood innovation expo thanks for tuning in and we'll see you back here next week Bye bye